Welcome to the only Dream Big podcast, starring your host Donnie Bedney. Donnie is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years. Get ready as Donnie, together with industry experts, share how you can create better workplaces, improve employee experiences, and ultimately drive change through people. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to the show. The only Dream Big Pod. Uh, I am your host, Donnie Bedney, and I am so, so excited uh, to have this next guest on with me, Laurel Rutledge. Laurel, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. <laughs> well, you know, we like to, you know, just kind of hop in. Uh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, just from our pre call, there are so many things uh, I'm looking forward to you sharing with the community. Um, but let's start off. I mean, can, can you take us back to the beginning? What led you to start a career in HR? You know, I I just had a master class this week. And one of the things I told them was, look, we have this picture in our heads that your career is like this ladder, right? It's a career path. And it really isn't. I heard a woman from Marathon Oil say years ago, it's really thinking about a career flow. And mm-hmm. My career was a hot mess, just like everybody else's. <laughs> if I could have planned it, I don't know that I would have planned it that way because my undergrad is in accounting, right? And then I did operations, I did international business, I worked for Deloitte, I did mm-hmm. enterprise risk management. And I actually came to HR pretty late in my career, even mm-hmm. though I ended up spending about 20 years there. But all of those things that led up to mm-hmm. me being in HR is what made me an exceptional HR person because I'm a business oh, person good. first and an HR person second. So mm-hmm. it all came full circle. So wow. even my dad telling me, hey, honey, I know you want to have a degree in psychology, but you got to get a job when you get out. <laughs> it kind of came full back because being an HR, you're basically a therapist, babysitter, mm-hmm. negotiator, mediator, you know, yeah. all of that. Sure. Man, and and you know what's so intriguing, I think, you know, just as you share that about your background is, is, you know, to, to have kind of that non-traditional path, um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you know, it, it or I'm imagining actually that um, it probably just really benefited you, um, you know, once you moved on to the people side, you know, kind of of the business, right? Because it, it, as you yes. know, like, you know, one of my sayings is driving change through people. Right. Yes. So can, can you talk through like how all the kind of your operational and all these other experiences, you know, kind of helped. Uh, I'm imagining like you you probably have a different lens uh, yeah. moved uh, into, you know, more of a focus just on human capital and yeah. you know, within different organizations. Well, it's interesting that that you say human capital, because that's what I talk about it. Right. The human capital asset. That's what the role of HR is, is to help organizations make the most of their human capital asset. And people get all in their feelings about using assets, but that's what it is when you're talking about a business and you're talking about for profit in particular. And so for me, this idea of of HR was more about having had a phenomenal first human resources leader, phenomenal, who's still a mentor of mine today and a dear friend. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that said, look, I can teach you HR. I need really good business minds. So have you ever thought about HR? That's literally how it started. Have you ever thought about HR? I'm like, well, absolutely. And and it's all yeah. about understanding the business first, because here's yeah. where HR people get in trouble. Mm-hmm. It's the soft stuff. It's the, mm-hmm. I don't. I need to fire somebody or why can't we do or what's the party? And as I told my people, I don't throw parties. That's not what I do. We're not the party mm-hmm. people. But here's the thing we are. We are not the owners of culture, 
but we are the keepers of culture. We are the ones who say, here's what the organization says they want to do and who they say they want to be. Is that aligning with the behaviors that we see? And if it is not, we are in a position and have a requirement to be courageous enough to go to an organization and say, your actions aren't aligning with your words and we're lying to people. We got to do a better job. And so by being a business person first, mm-hmm. I was able to speak and still can speak the language of business. I understand how it works. I understand mm-hmm. the levers. I understand the impact of HR decisions on the business. So mm-hmm. I can get all of that stuff out of the way. They know I can understand. They know I can function. And now I can talk deeper to them about the more difficult people things because mm-hmm. it gets emotional when you're talking about people. And oh, I can get emotional because it's all about business. Yeah. Wow. Um, ooh, we uh, so <laughs> rich. <laughs> so, rich. Um, it, it, you know, so, so with that, right. It, yeah. You obviously were, were just had such a phenomenal, in, in my opinion, yeah. worldview Thank and you. lens, um, you know, for that kind of career, you know, what was kind of the moment where you said, hey, you know, I'm 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 having this impact, uh, you know, around change and all of these things uh, internally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at what point did you kind of have like a, a, a moment to say, hey, you know what, maybe I can have more of an impact externally uh, yeah. and starting your own company and stuff like that? What, you know, what, at, at what point or you know, what kind of led you yeah. to that epiphany? You know, so. It's kind of a, a securitist story. I would I would not be honest on the Only Dream Big podcast if I said, ah. oh, no, I just knew I was going to serve bigger. That's just not true. What happened was I was in a really toxic environment and I just got tired. I just realized I'm just done. Okay. And then it was like, you know what? When I look back at all of the things that I've done, when I talk to the people that I've hired, that I've mm-hmm. coached, that I've trained, everyone from the boardroom to the plant floor, yep. I know that I can serve bigger. I can do a much broader, much deeper, much more authentic job of serving people Mm. on my own than I can Mm. with the constrictions of an organization, with the worry with, depending on how your employment law department operates, with lawyers who are more concerned about not having to write a check or just willing to write a check to keep from doing the right thing. I mean, just, you know, I was, I was fortunate in my career to have some really, really great employment attorneys that I worked with. And then I had some horrendous ones. And so all of that just kind of combined that toxicity um, of being one of only two, two senior level African-American women in a global company of 17,000, two. So I just knew it was time. I was tired of fighting. I'm, I'm not conflict avoidant by any means, but being in constant conflict was just too much. And so when I decided to go, I had so much peace. I knew it was time. I was ready to walk out and um, they panicked. (laughs) So we were able to make it work for me. It worked out really great for me. And I was not in a position where I was trying to hurt them. Right. So I tell people all the time, don't hurt yourself because you're mad at them. When it's time to go, it's time to go. But don't be so mad that you're trying to really burn a bridge on purpose. There's some that need to be burned down, but most of them, you just need to leave. And so I just knew it was time. And as I made that decision, I said, what am I going to do? I'm going to take all of these things that I know, and I'm just going to serve bigger. I'm going to step into this purpose and just serve bigger. Man. So thank you for sharing that. And you're right. Uh, We like to be transparent and authentic uh, in everything that we share on the show. So 
Um, that that reminds me so much. Um, I'm sure you've heard the story of uh, the story around uh, a stranger who's walking down a farm road. Um, in well, it's really a, a dirt road. Yeah. Uh, he's a farm way uh, far off to the left, and and decides to kind of stop off to potentially rest for for a moment, mm-hmm. maybe grab some water, etc. And as he's walking down this dirt road, he sees the farmer. Uh, in a rocking chair with a large hound dog right next to uh, the farmer. And the stranger's like, you know, all of a sudden the the dog howls out. And so the mm-hmm. stranger kind of gets afraid, uh, you know, and, and thinks that it, the dog might be running out to it. But the dog continues mm-hmm. howling and just stays there. And the closer the stranger gets to the porch, uh, the louder uh, and, mm-hmm. and basically more excruciating the hound dog is screaming. Uh, or howling in that case. Yeah. And so by the time the stranger gets to the farmer, he says, um, hey, mister, um, I think there's something wrong with your dog. And the farmer says, uh, no, he's fine. <laughs> the stranger's like, look, I'm I'm not a veterinarian or anything else, but right? like, I'm pretty sure there's something wrong with your dog. <laughs> yeah. The farmer says, no, he's perfectly fine. He's laying on a nail. And the stranger's like, well, why doesn't he get up? And the farmer says, it doesn't hurt bad enough yet. Yep. And yeah. And so, you know, it's amazing how, you know, quite often we find ourselves in, in environments or situations that, you know, may be dysfunctional, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Familial environments, organizations, et cetera. And, and yeah. we find almost discomfort in, in, uh, you know, basically this this uh, very potentially toxic or, or dysfunction. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's always clear if you haven't moved, it yes. may not hurt enough. Um, yes. Yeah. And so very interesting, mm-hmm. you know, it, and, and this is not, you know, kind of part of the outline, but obviously yeah. I, my show. So um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> curious for you as as you've coached people, you know, mm-hmm. who are in those environments, et cetera. What is some of your advice, uh, you know, one, to organizations to, frankly, um, you know, kind of to to a phrase that you used earlier, you know, to truly be the keepers, you know, kind of of mm-hmm. the culture and to, to make sure that you're shaping environments yeah. for folks to thrive, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, you know, simultaneously, what is some advice to folks who potentially are in environments like that uh, and maybe... Um, they're in some pain, but, you know, is there anything that, that you can advise them that can kind of free them to pursue their career, their dreams, et cetera, potentially, uh, in another organization or outside mm-hmm. of the current that they're in? So two prong. Right. Well, so I'll take the first part first for, for organizations. Please. Um, what I tell organizations is you got to speak the truth. You just got to be transparent. People are not stupid. People will listen to what you say. They will believe what you do. And so for those in HR in particular, do not come to HR and not be courageous. And I've told many an HR person, you're not meant for HR. It's time for you to get out. Because if you cannot speak truth to power in HR, you don't need to be there. You need to have 
the 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 idea of the business and the goals and the outcomes that the business needs in mind all the time mission first people always right mm. and then you need to be an advocate for the people and it's a fine line to walk but that's why it takes courage because yeah. if the business isn't working nobody has a job and yeah. if nobody wants to work there the business can't run i mean it's it's a symbiotic relationship and so sure. hr has to walk that line so i tell organizations you got to speak the truth and your actions have to align with your words or not but know that, be yep. honest with yourself, and be ready to accept the consequences of those actions. Because we all have a choice, but we're not mm -hmm. free from the consequences of the choices we make. Mm -hmm. So yep. I, that's where I go with organizations and leaders in those organizations. Love it. For people, what I say is a couple of things. One, always pause. If something doesn't feel right, I had a, a, a person that I know, her name is Sabrina Rising, said, your head always tells you the truth. The, your head always lies. Your gut always tells you the truth. If something doesn't feel Ooh. right, I need you to take a minute. Mm -hmm. Just pause. Am I just upset? Is that just my nervous system, right? Polyvagal theory. Is it just my nervous system kind of upset? Did somebody just trigger me? What, yeah. What's really going on? So pause, yeah. figure out what's really going on. And then once you know that, then ask the question, like I just asked in my mastermind, is it you or is it them? Uh, with no judgment, sure. with no judgment. Because sure. if you're working for someone else, the likelihood of that organization being 100% in lockstep with your values and your desires is between slim and none. So you got to be really clear about what your deal breakers are versus what's just uncomfortable and you can live with or you try to get in different departments or something. So the first mm -hmm. thing is get clear on what it is. What are you really feeling? And then two, understand, is it you or is it them? And when mm -hmm. you know the answer to those questions, then you can decide what you want to do. Do I stay? Do mm -hmm. I go to a different department? Do I just suck it up and just take yep. a vacation? Do I do something else to manage me? Mm -hmm. um, and and I'll give I'll give your your listeners an example. When I say is it you or is it them? Mm -hmm. I don't have a poker face. I'm not going to get one. Never had one. <laughs> At this age, it's not coming. And I don't want to do the work to get one. It's just not worth it, right? But because I know I have a poker, I don't have a poker face. Yep. What I can do is manage the words that I use and the tone with which I use them. Ah. So even if my face is saying, have you lost your mind? My <laughs> words may say, okay, now help me understand <laughs> what you meant by that. Oh, right? And, and so I just, I know me, I know yeah. me, I know the good, the bad and the ugly. And so yeah. that whole idea of, is it me or is it them is critical in your career because Taking that information in, getting feedback, but also being really honest with yourself is the yep. way you're going to be able to move. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I think that this is such an interesting, uh, potentially an interesting transition um, mm -hmm. because you have your own business, right? And, and yeah. you offer, you know, coaching and consulting services and even, you know, programs, um, you know, around like, you know, building an effective team mm -hmm. and, you know, but also yeah. personal development, right? And so- yes. You know, it, can you can you share a little bit more about, you know, kind of how you decided to also offer, frankly, yeah. you know, personal development services uh, on top sure. of, you know, all the other yeah. you know, services and, and how that's such a critical component, basically. Yeah. I, I imagine it integrates well into all the other work that you do. Absolutely. You know, it has been a transition. And I will say this for people who are coming out of corporate, going into entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, one, take your time. Uh, I did not, you know, a lot of people do a side hustle and then start, right? And yeah. I didn't do that. Um, mm -hmm. I knew I did not want to continue to be someone's HR person. I don't want to do that ever again in my life if I can help it. I don't want to be your 
in the day-to-day grind of HR. I just I just don't have it in me. There's so much there's so much energy that's needed right now, especially right now with COVID. Ooh. I just I know me and I do yeah. not have the energy or the wherewithal to do that. Um, but as I got out to, to start doing my own thing, I knew I wanted to do some coaching and some development, but you really got to think about who you go to for assistance. So I was in a great mastermind and they're fantastic, a great mastermind. But what I've realized in hindsight is while we were saying the same words, we meant something different because most of the people in my mastermind had not been in corporate. So when we said Mm -hmm. things like strategy or we said things like pan or we said things like, you know, team, we were saying the same words, but meaning something different. And so you end mm-hmm. up, at least for me, getting almost led into doing some things that are absolutely in your zone of excellence, but True. not necessarily in your zone of genius or what your your heart's desire is to do. So I've got a whole, you know, online HR portal for small businesses that yeah. I hate. I spent a lot of time. I did it. It's fantastic. But I'm like, you know what, Laurel, you're not going to go keep keeping up on the latest you know, rules around FMLA or what the yeah. minimum wage, you're not going to do that. So stop. Yeah. So, yeah. so for me, that, that transition into deciding what to do was going through, this is your number five of the business, going through a lot of things that I could do yeah, and could do exceptionally well, but I didn't want to do. And I had to go mm-hmm. through that to get here. And so my business now mm-hmm. is all, all in line with alignment, vision, and action. Everything I do, alignment, mm. vision, and action. And so from a personal development perspective, you got to be aligned with who you are and where you are. You got to yep. know what you want and get clear on that vision. Mm-hmm. And then you got to move into action. Mm. My entire programs are designed around that. Yeah. And then from a consulting perspective, it still aligns. You know, I work mm. with leaders and their teams. I do individuals and their teams, but it's all still in that same vein of alignment, vision, action. What I don't do is go in and be someone's HR person. I mm. will support HR organizations. And I've done a lot with helping people understand what it really means to be an HR business partner. Because North Function still has business partner in their name. Um, That tells you something about the function. And so I do that, but it all for me is about alignment, vision, and actions. Are your words aligned with your actions? Are you clear on who you are? Are you clear on what your vision is? And is your action moving you there? And are you so clear that you're also able to take in information Mm -hmm. as it gathers and make adjustments because we get so locked into something. You may get after acquired information that says, I need to go left instead of right, but I still got my vision in front of me. I'm still going to get there. This is just a detour, not a derailer. So mm-hmm. for me, it all came down to this solidification of getting clear on who you are, where you are, what you want, and what it's going to take to get there from the boardroom to the plant floor. Alignment, vision, action. Woo. Uh, <laughs> man, that, so I, I mean, you are—you actually already moved into it because you know that that whole. It, I I almost referred to it as AVA, but I guess it's the AVA. Yeah, uh, AVA. Uh, yes, right? AVA. Yes, exactly. First, that thing is uh, potent. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I think it, just because once again, like we love to share practical and pragmatic, mm-hmm. you know, solutions for for folks yes. to really you know be clear. Um, mm-hmm. you know, let's, let's talk, you know, just for a second, you, you mentioned, um, you know, this unique time that we're living in, right. Yes. And, and I, uh, I've said it on, you know, some other shows and, uh, I think you'll appreciate this. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it, it, we're, we're in a unique time where a lot of folks, you know, uh, career wise and even organizations have built themselves mm-hmm. up 
uh, as thought leaders within industries, right? Yes. And, and I view a lot of those folks really as, you know, thought leaders are people who know a whole lot about what used to be true uh, mm -hmm. and just enough about what's currently going on to be dangerous, right? Yeah. But I tweeted this the other day that, you know, where I, I view a futurist as someone who has a very clear understanding of current state of the world mm -hmm. uh, and environment. Mm -hmm and simultaneously are pushing people towards where they should be in the future. And, and actually just a, a few episodes ago, mm -hmm. a good buddy of mine also stated, hey, you know, and, and also futurists have an understanding of the past um, yes. as well that kind of give them context, right? And so yes. but what I tweeted is that we, do, we just need far more futurists uh, mm -hmm. and thought leaders. Um, mm -hmm. you know? And so you, you referenced kind of this unique time can you talk through just like the significant importance of alignment, yeah. vision and action, you know, now, because it, I, I would argue that we're truly at a watershed moment um, yes. in time where we're not going oh. back to anything. Right. Right. And so, and so it seems even more critical and, and, and frankly, an amazing opportunity for yeah. organizations to, you know, uh, align you know, create a potentially a new vision or build on mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. uh, the vision that they've already had as an organization yeah. and then take action towards that. And yes. I'm imagining that you have yeah. some more gems just for, you know, organizations and leaders yeah. uh, you know, in this unique time that we're living in. Yeah, you know, I, this is always an interesting question for me because I tend to be a little contrary, right? So okay. our, our parents brought us up, I have a, a younger brother, and it was proper prior planning prevents poor performance, right? Oh, so yeah. six P's. So we were always forward thinking. You always got to have a plan, not only a plan B, but you probably got to have C, D, E all the way through Z. Yeah, no doubt. And there's good and bad to that, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> you need to focus on A, but you know. So, so I've always been kind of a forward thinker and thinking about how things potentially impact outcomes because you can have good intentions with bad outcomes and mm -hmm. good and bad, right? And so... Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of, when I think about this futurist look, there's a couple of things that come to mind that I always remind people is if you think about like a Motorola that's dead, right? They didn't think about where things were moving. Yeah. If you think about what happened with the automotive industry and how it went down when they had to get bailed out, that was about healthcare. A big piece of it was about healthcare because you've got people that are working, um, that were part of the union that were there, that were no longer working on a car but we're still getting paid a lot of money. So the cost of goods sold, mm. business, right? The yep. cost of goods sold continued to go up, but that wasn't actually what was being put into the car. So you're having to cover not only your current cost of goods sold, but this extra load on top of that. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody saw our yeah. healthcare getting out of control. Yeah. And so when I talk to people and think and talk to organizations about where they want to go and what they want to do, it's yeah. really about having a long-term vision and then listening, listening and listening actively to what people say, what they don't say. Organizations that have been around 100 years, 200 years, 150 years, those are some of the most difficult organizations. On the one hand, Yes, they have this great longevity. They have this great reputation. That's fantastic. On the other hand, when you have a tenure of people that's 20 plus years yeah. and a culture that is so 
for lack of a better word, incestuous, right? It's a great place to be. This is where people want to stay. What you lose is the connection to things that have happened outside of that organization. You lose Uh, the influx of new ideas and new thoughts and innovation. Mm -hmm. And we toss that word around all the time. But you have to see different stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to be willing to look at perspectives that are different than yours. That's why I call it the Rutledge perspective, right? It's all about perspective. How do you know that your reality makes sense if you've never listened to anyone else's? So when we're talking about moving and futurist and thinking forward, especially in this day and time, I encourage everyone again to pause, practice the pause. Companies, yes, employers are feeling like this is our time. We're going to demand everything we want. If you want us, you're going to pay. If you want us, you're going to give us everything we want. That sounds really good. Companies, that doesn't mean you have to do that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. You still have a business to run. And depending on your perspective, whether you are interested in stakeholders or stockholders and how you run your business, you have some decisions you need to make that are viable for your business. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be people who want to be there in the office every day. They exist. They still exist today. No doubt. And so businesses do what you need to do for your business. Just understand the impact of that. If you want everybody back in the office, say you want everybody back in the office. Don't say it's because you can't work effectively from home because that's a lie. But Uh, say we want it there because it's part of our culture. Employees, potential employees. I need you to get honest. Yes, this is a time where we can address some of the equity issues. Yes, this is a time when people are understanding that there is more than just work. All of that is true. And you can, if you are adding value, you can demand more. And it's still a company. What value are you bringing to demand what you're demanding? Because it's about an exchange of value. And so absolutely demand what you want. Just be ready for somebody to say no and don't get upset. Go find the place that's going to give you what you want, but also understand what your deal breakers are. If you're asking for the kitchen sink, you're not going to get that. But what are the few dishes that are non-negotiable for you and find the place that's going to do that. And then everything else is just gravy. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm I tend to sit in the middle from that standpoint. I guess I'm kind of a Libra. Right. I tend to balance it both companies do what you need to do. Nobody's telling you you can do anything different as long as it's not illegal. But just own that employees and potential employees ask for what you want, but be ready to not get it. Yeah. Wow. Or to get more than you expected. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, so I that, that, that is, uh, you know, I, I, I've done some uh, reframing in my own life, just as you're talking about, you know, you may get it, you may not, uh, et cetera. And, and I used to be a person that, to say, you know, kind of like, what's the worst that can happen, right? Just go out yes. and do it. Um, but the reframe for me has been, what's the best that can happen, right? Yes. So let's not even... You know, and and by the way, I have some exercises to like think through like worst case scenario and all yes. that stuff because I do believe yes. that you need to at least be be willing to accept it, right? Yes. If, if if that potentially <laughs> happens, like yes. you know, accept that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, what is what is the best that can happen? Uh, mm-hmm. And if you never have the conversation, right? Then then that's right. not going to happen. Uh, you know, as I run my own organization, it's a it's a question of. You know, if I don't put my vision out there, if I'm not willing to share it broadly, uh, mm-hmm. then, I, then I'm guaranteed to not attract, frankly, the people yes. that I need to ultimately help run to even fulfill right. the vision that I have, right? And so mm-hmm. um, yeah. I that wholeheartedly, um, and, and, and my belief actually just, it, 
that that aligns so much is that yeah. the organizations that are willing to be authentic and honest about you know those things mm -hmm. uh, you know combined with those people who are also willing to be honest about what yes. their needs are um, right you know are, are going to be the ones that frankly just you know they're going to be some of the fastest growing uh, yes. most profitable effective um, you know, right. whatever clients and stuff they have, products that they're creating and putting mm -hmm. out, uh, I just believe that they're going to be significantly better than any uh, yes. organization that operates in similar spaces. Um, you know, global yes. just uh, it, you know just something I believe whole wholeheartedly. Yeah, um, I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, Laurel, um, you know, may maybe some rapid fire stuff. This has been sure amazing uh and I, and I just want to touch on a couple things and so sure as you think about it um it, let's hop into it, it maybe a resource okay uh, you know book show etc uh that you would highly recommend uh that potentially it you know is about one of those topics uh that we yeah. talked about today Sure. So a book that I recommend, highly recommend, I've read it multiple times, is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks mm. that talks about, mm. he's the one that put out that whole idea of zone of excellence, zone of genius, especially if you're looking to potentially do something else. Um, yes. And he has a supplement to it called The Joy of Genius, which actually works you through determining what your zone of genius is. Okay. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, and for those who are in uh, in entrepreneur spaces or thinking about that, um, Seth Godin's book, This Is Marketing, is actually really good, too, talking about mm. niching down and not being afraid of being really, really clear and really narrow in your niche. Now, not everybody needs to do that or wants to do that, but it's a very, very good perspective on on getting really clear so people understand who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. So those okay. would be books. But I'm I'm a podcast junkie, and I just have to say I how I built this and Hidden Brain mm. are and, and Revisionist History with Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell can do no wrong in my book. I'm just. I yeah, am manifesting an interview with Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> he is shout out to Malcolm. Uh, yes. You got to tag him uh, as we're saying this. He is yes. Absolutely. He's unbelievable. And so those are the, the Guy big Guy Raz, too, though. I, I, I love oh. you know, Guy Raz. Love it's like how I built yes. this. I've been, yes. I went to a live recording. Um, yes. Shout out to you, Did Guy. You? I went to the live recording in DC yeah. um, with. Um, uh, founder of Bevel, um, back in the day. Oh. Um, are you familiar? I don't with know Bevel? who that is. No. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll now I'm gonna have to go look at it, right? Else. Yeah. So, uh, it, Bevel originally started as uh, a shaving company, mm -hmm. uh, you know, specifically for, uh, you know, focused on men with curly hair, yeah. right? And yes. so straight razor, like all this Tristan Walker. So shout out to you. Yes. Tristan. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. so I went, uh, and they and they did a live taping um, uh, with Guy and Tristan and and mm -hmm. I literally flew down to D.C. Uh, went with my cousin. I I won two tickets yeah. to to go. Um, unbelievable. So two two oh, you shouted out two of my yes. actually you know favorite uh, individuals. Um, yes. Sharing information. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put them. In Love the show them. Notes. That's huge. Yes. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And for those of you, because I because I tend to be kind of a nerd, I mean, the Hidden Hidden Brain podcast is also, with Shankar Vidartan, is also phenomenal. Um, he does a lot of behavioral type of stuff and, and oh, leadership around how we show up. Uh, so it's a great one, too. I mean, I'm kind of a, a behavioral nerd, so I just love that stuff, you know, polyvagal cool. theory and ambivalence. And so it's, it's a good one as well. So yeah. I would say those two books and then go get on a podcast that talks about the things that you're thinking that you might want to do. Just go learn something. Just go learn something. Yeah. Okay. Love those. We, we will add those in the show notes moving forward. Um, you know, we've talked about habits and, you know, some other yeah. things you've talked about psychology. Uh, do you have a life-changing habit that you would recommend, you know, for some folks? Obviously, we've talked about learning. Uh, as yeah. Potentially, but, you know, in, any others? You know, for me, so I, I get up really early in the morning. Um, I'm a morning person. And, um, but then I'm like to be in bed at like 8.30. <laughs> so that, that was going to be my next question. Like, what yeah. time do you go to bed? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, my brain wakes up at four. It just does. Um, I've always been that way. So one of the things for me, and and I also have to work in transparency, right? I have to work on being really consistent with this is the first thing I do when I get up is I always start with gratitude and I have a meditation practice. And so I always pray. I always say thank, thank you because my, the way my brain works is the minute I wake up, like I fall asleep really easy, but I have a hard time staying asleep. And the minute my brain works up, it's already going. I mean, it is immediately moving to what needs to be done. Oh, here's a solution for that. And I have to quiet my brain to be able to set my day. And so I intentionally really start with some sort of meditation, uh, making sure I'm being very grateful for everything that happened. You know, say some prayers around my my family and my friends and my village um, yeah. before I do anything else. And then I try to get a row in every morning. So something to get my body moving in the okay. morning. And when I do that and I'm really consistent with that, yeah. it just sets up my day, you know, for the rest of the day to be um, much more focused and much yeah. more productive. So having some sort of morning routine is really important. And an evening one to get yourself yeah. kind of calm. Absolutely. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, let's go back and, and these can kind of be, you know, this, this can wind us down uh, okay. you know, at this point. But, you know, can, can you give, I won't even say your best piece of advice, but mm -hmm. a piece of advice, mm -hmm. um, you know, for those people who want to drive change through people. You've given so many nuggets today. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, we are focusing, you know, a little bit more on kind of, once again, this human yes. capital, um, you mm -hmm. know, and so for those, for those leaders out there, uh, executives and frankly, throughout organizations and, mm -hmm. and those starting their own, um, right. you know, some advice for them, uh, as they're, you know, looking to ultimately drive change through people. The biggest thing, if you're going to drive change through people is listening actively. That's it. What are people saying? What are they not saying? The quiet person in the room, why are they so quiet? Um, people will listen to what you say. They will believe what you do. And so listen to what people are telling you they need, they want, they heard. Ask for clarification and then listen. Listen to understand, not to respond. So that's the big thing for me. If you're trying to drive change because change is hard, change is constant, but change is hard. Uh, yep. especially if you have been inconsistent, you have to listen. People will tell you where their pain points are. People will tell you where they're uncomfortable. And if you can really listen to what's going on with your folks, with your teams, with your organization, you can craft messages and craft actions that address those things. Even if you can't give them everything they want, which you won't be able to, 
when people understand why and that there's a method to the madness, even if they don't like it, at least they understand it. And then the ball's in their court, whether or not they want to stay or go, but at least they can't say they didn't understand. They can say they didn't agree, but they, they can't say they didn't understand. So listen, listen. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is really, really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> We're going to tie a bow on that one. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, so Laurel, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of gratitude, just thank you for taking time out of your schedule, which I'm sure is full, um, you know, to spend some time with us on the Only Dream Big Pod. Um, You know, just gem after gem after gem. So practical. Uh, There's such a depth, uh, frankly, that you shared with us today. Uh, Where can folks find you? Where can they follow you? Um, you know, if they want to reach out, you know, et cetera, want sure. to be able to direct them directly to you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on the show because I love it. And I saw your tweet about the futurist too. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for, for this opportunity because I love, I love talking with people who are trying to do positive things. So I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show. Um, the easiest way to get to me is my website, laurelrutledge.com. Um, everything is there. The services are there. Mm-hmm. connecting to my my podcast is there the fireside show everything is there on my website i am on social and i'm everywhere at laurel k rutledge or the rutledge perspective on everything okay. so twitter and linkedin facebook i'm on tiktok but i never get on tiktok so instagram i'm on the gram pinterest is coming right i'm doing some more on oh, pinterest so you can okay. catch me in most places so you know that is awesome yeah yeah that is great that is great well thank you thank you thank you um, you know, thank you to all of you all, you know, uh, faithful listeners to the show. We're so excited to, uh, you know, to have you. And because we're recording this, look, I actually got another special guest today. Hi! This, look at this. <laughs> this is my two-year-old, soon-to-be-three, at the end of July, hey. daughter. Uh, oh, that's Sophia, great. Which, if you follow me on any Hi, social Sophia. media platform and everything else, you have probably seen her. Thank you yeah. once again. This has been the Only Dream Big Pod. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.